106.9. Welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com. We're also loaded down with things to give away today. we got Bush tickets, Factory of Terror tickets, Gallagher tickets. That show, November 5th, Camp Palace Theater. I'm joined this morning, every weekday morning, by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. How are you? Uh, feeling kind of good and feeling kind of down at the same time. Feel good because I went to bed last night and didn't watch the Indians game. Felt down because I saw the score of the Indians game this morning. All right, I was up a little late last night. I did not watch the Indians game last night. I, like an idiot, scheduled a like first date uh, for a movie uh, during Game 2 of the World Series. So I was that guy while on a date last night who was pulling my phone out of my pocket during the movie, screen dimmed all the way down, hand cupping over it, trying to get the uh, trying to get the update from my CBS Sports app in my phone. Stansberry, that guy in the movie theater. Yeah, at least you were at least now at least you were doing something about it. There was like six other people in the theater. You were behind them? No, 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 we were in front, but we were, but nobody was like close to us. Like everybody was like kind of dispersed out. And uh, there was another couple in our row. They were at the other end of the row, and they were on their phones, too. So I figured I wasn't the only one, so I'm not the one that is. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, as long as I'm not the only one doing it. I'm not guilty. Though. No, I'm following <laughs> suit. people doing He's going faster than me. Right. Yeah. Pull that car over. Yeah. I'll tell you what did happen during this movie. So the date all ultimately went really well. We're going to go out again. She nice. seems great, right? Nice. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, she seems pretty cool. Not so, what I expected. Yeah, we're totally going to go out again. Everything went really well. But... In this movie theater last night, and if you know who these people are, I want you to track them down and slap this dude across the face. All right? I went to the 710 showing of the girl on the train last night at the Strip. There was a guy in the back row of that theater that had to explain every single thing that was happening in that movie to his better half. I want to call her an idiot, but this is a small town. People probably do know who that was, and I'm not looking to be all that mean. But that guy's in a relationship with a woman who I don't think could count to 10. I mean, dude, we, her and I both like, were looking at each other going, she doesn't understand who that is? Like, If you don't know who that is, like, you, do, you really don't have any idea what's happening uh, in this movie. And I mean, I always have to say, and like, my girlfriend will like, ask me questions during a movie, not so much in the theater, but like when we're watching a movie. If it's the first time I've seen it, I'm like, babe, I don't know. How, how, what do you, how well, do you think? Right. I, I've seen the same exact things that you've seen. That like, plot twist is going to be a twist for me too. Right, we're up to the same point in this movie. I have no insight on this that you wouldn't. What, how do you expect me to know these kind of things? So I got the movie a little spoiled for me by a woman who works here. So yesterday before I left the building I said, oh, you know, I'm taking this girl out tonight. We're going to go do this. Okay. And of course I got this. Oh, well, you know, the book is so much better. Uh. And the book is so much better, people. Let me tell you, I feel like you guys are getting away with that because you know we're never going to go read the book all you're saying is i read that is what you should say and that i'm dumb right if somebody if somebody says to you the book is better all they're saying is i read you don't you're an idiot like the last book the last book that i that i know for sure i read that got turned into a movie was lone survivor by marcus luttrell that the, the the guy who uh the navy seal and all that okay and mark Wahlberg played in that movie i read that book People said, oh, the book's so much better. No, it wasn't. The book was a hell of a lot longer. It dealt with a lot of stuff that happened early in his life that mattered not at all to the stuff that we really care about. You know what I mean? That book was not better. I think the book is better, people. Like You want to be out there telling people that you're smart. I read. I but read. I don't know if reading the girl on the train makes you smart. I read. I just think it's very, I read, you don't, you're an idiot. That's exactly I, what she was saying. More yeah. reading's better, for sure. All right? It'll, you right. Know, it'll expand your vocabulary. I don't care what you're reading. More reading is going to be better. But I just, I don't always buy that the book was that much better. 
you're an idiot. You don't read. That's what she said. That's, <laughs> I feel it. Like, yeah, because you know who it is I'm talking about. I'm sure. Emily, oh yeah. I mean, dude, there's only one person in this building who would read that book. I read. Uh, you don't. You're an idiot. But the movie overall, just okay. Okay. Like, I didn't hate it. I liked it. If, like, if, it, if it came on TNT on a rainy Saturday afternoon, I would watch the rest of it wherever I caught up with it at. Yeah. But it's not something you have to rush to the theater to see. You got Fantone's got a great theory on the movies, which is, if it's not a blockbuster, like action-packed blockbuster, what are you doing at the movie theater. Yeah, I mean, the at-home viewing experience is so much better than it was. I mean, we all have flat screens. We all have giant flat screens. We all have HD television. A 60-inch TV costs you 600 bucks now. Right. At this point, I mean, a vast majority of people, I don't want to say everyone, yeah. but a vast majority of people have a pretty decent screen in their home right now. Are we shaming the people that don't have big screens right now? <laughs> Look at I, don't, you idiots. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to publicly shame anybody. They've got that 19-inch TV with the uh, with the VCR built in <laughs> on the bottom in their living room. The dual. Yeah. The dual action What's there. What's wrong with you people? But I mean, we we all have pretty decent televisions now. We all have capabilities for HD, HD, four K. Now a lot of people. I mean, you got a sound bar, and you get, it's okay. So if it's not something like uh, Superman versus Star Batman, Wars or Transformers or, or Star yeah. Wars or something that has to be big, something Action. that has to be like, oh my god, then why am I spending? $15 why am I watching the Notebook? Right. Yeah. Right. Why am I spending fifteen dollars on a ticket? Why am I spending all this money on popcorn and pop and and and, and, and bottle rockets and all these stupid things when I can just go home and 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 watch that? Same movie in three months on Netflix. Like it makes no sense to me. My thing with the movie theater has always been this: you're supposed to be quiet, right? It's a library. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be really quiet. Supposed to be off your phone too. And yet, (laughs) (laughs) yes, I know. I watched a thirty second little preview clip uh, before the movie starts. But they the 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 most famous snack of all time. For movies is the loudest thing you can eat. Right, exactly. Like, so she, I got to the theater a little bit before she did. I wanted to make sure I had the tickets already bought. I didn't want the whole, well, who's going to pay? Like, I just wanted to have it, like, I just wanted to have it all wrapped up and ready to go, right? Good job, buddy. So I got to the theater a little uh, before she did, took care of all that via, like, the the ticket ATM machine there they have now. You can skip, like, the 17 year old in the glass box. You can skip that dude now. Just go right to the ATM machine right there on the side, got the tickets or whatever. And she walks in. I said, all right, well, do you want to get something from the concession stand before we go? And she's like, yeah. She's like, this is the only time I drink sodas when I'm at the movies. And she's like, and it's the only time I eat popcorn. I was like, well, it's the only time anybody eats popcorn. <laughs> Let's just be honest about it, unless you're at a bar or whatever. And I just said to her, I was like, isn't that like the most outrageous snack for a place you're supposed to be? That would be like selling bullhorns at the library. <laughs> You know what I mean? That'd be like turning up at the library. Yeah, like, it would be. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, and I'll be real. I mean, I think everybody's kind of a hater when it comes to the sound of people eating, but the sound of people eating popcorns in particularly bad. Like, no matter what you're eating, it's gross. Oh, when hearing hear people, people chew eat. is gross. I understand why people get grossed out by that. But, like, popcorn is, that's 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 a bad food, and you're right. You're sitting there in the middle of a quiet-ass theater. There's a tense moment on screen, and some idiot down the road is just chomping away on it. And... Now, everybody loves these like reclining seats that they have in the theater yeah. up there in the strip. And they are. Yeah. They're amazing. They're really comfortable and all this. But they make a ton of noise when you go back and forth. So now, in the middle of this movie last night, there's 10 people in there. And yet it still sounded like that scene from play, you know, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where John Candy's trying to get the seat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just looking at her like, will you quit fiddling that with that thing? You're going to break it. 
See, and that's the thing, too, is you're putting yourself into a, a, a moment where you're looking for one type of behavior, but you're going out in public, and you're not going to get that. Even whether you're at the, on the strip or you're at the Magic Johnson Theater, there's going to be annoyances there, which is why another reason why... Yeah, I mean, a different list, but yeah. Which is why I would just much rather stay at home and watch it on Netflix. I, well, it's going to take three months for it to get there. I saw this three months before you. I don't care. I, 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 what difference does that make in my life? I, I, I'm a big believer in, 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 in just watch it at home. It's cheaper. Go to Redbox if you, have, if you have to get it like six weeks after. But what are you going to the theater for? <laughs> I agree. Like, and so the movie's over, and it's pretty late now for me, you know? Right. And I reach into my phone, and I realize now uh, at this point, the Indians were down 5 nothing. We're going to get into that here in a little bit. And um, we start walking out to the cars, and she says to me, she goes, this was a weird idea. I was like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, well, you know, we met a couple of months ago. We haven't spoken much. And she's like, you know, we, you know, came back together. We started, you know, texting again a little bit. And she's like, and then the first time we decided to go out, she's like, we do this thing where we don't get to talk to one another. And I said, well, you know, you said to me the other day, you want to go to the haunted house. I knew they weren't open on Wednesday, but I knew I wanted to do, go do something with you. So I said, yeah, let's go do that. And I figured we would pivot. And. She was like, yeah, she's like, this is just strange. Like, I don't, I'm going to go home now, and I don't know any more about you than I knew from the night I met you. Maybe it's a good thing. And I, well, I, I had hinted at that. And I was like, well, I only get worse from here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm decent for like 72 hours. Right, yeah, when I'm making myself be a, be a, be a normal human being, but eventually it's all going to fall Dude, apart. Dude, dating me is like a Vegas vacation. It, it, get it done in three days or <laughs> anything longer than that, and you're just going to be a miserable human being. Get me the hell off this ride! All right. I was hearing a national conversation about how unfair the setup of the World Series is. It's unfair the Indians got to play at home. It's unfair that the, that, the, that the series starts in Cleveland, ends in Cleveland. And I'm going to shoot holes in that theory, and I will do so next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 7.30, we'll give you some Factory of Terror tickets. I cannot believe Halloween right around the corner. And then that whole thing's going to be over. And then next thing you know, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then, I mean, I mean, we're under two months away now from Christmas Day. Essentially, the year's over. You know what I mean? Because let's be real. Um, if you have a job where you're wearing a tie on a regular basis or the you sit in of off the coast. Last month, the entire month of December, December dude. is the Friday of months. Everyone's always like, ah, talk to me after the new year. You right. know, hey, well, let's, let's let everything settle. Talk to me after the new year. We have a, um, you can take part here tomorrow, the staff can, of a costume, like, contest. Like, they'll take your photo, send it to corporate, and then corporate will decide who the best costume in the country is. And I don't know why anybody would take part in this, because I'm going to tell you who's going to win these things. It will be the highest sales, highest rated salesperson, like, whoever bills the most in sales across the country. Right. Surprise, she won. Right? It'll be one of those. It'll be the most valuable, like like Elvis Duran will win something, for sure. Well, yeah, and I mean, let's be real. Stan has a group of people who are going to put a costume together for him with right. an unlimited <clears throat> budget, where Stansberry and Fantone would be like, I don't know, dude, we're in the Walmart on Tusk. What do you want me to right. be right now? I just, given, and I wasn't even meaning to go here, and we'll probably handle this a couple of times today and tomorrow. But given the state, like the other day we did a story on the show where there's now colleges who are offering safe spaces and therapy sessions for college students who get offended by seeing costumes on the campus. If that's the culture we live in, 
for colleges. I can't believe that in the corporate world, it's still dress like a witch and come into the building. I can't believe that. I'm not against it. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But given the fact that everything seems to bother all of you, I'm really shocked that that's still the case. There's two sides to this coin with corporations. Number one, uh, you want to build team morality. and I, I get it. I completely understand that. This building that. could use some of that. I totally get it. Embracing, especially non-denominational holidays, can do that. Okay. I, 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 Fair I, point. You know, this isn't like, hey, if you don't love Jesus, you know what I mean? This isn't Christmas. Um, but on the other side yeah, of that. Yeah, we at least know what to call this holiday. But on the other side of that, like corporations are just constantly worried about being sued and having to deal with, you know, a disgruntled employee or an offended employee or somebody feels they've been harassed. And even, fine, even if you do, what about the people who are just going to look to capitalize, who aren't really offended, but who will go, you know what? There's a way to make money here, and I don't have to come here next Tuesday if I do this. Yeah, I hate this job. I hate my boss. He's such a dick, and I'm going to sue this place. Seems a little open-ended. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider how big our company is and the fact that very buttoned up. We're taking all these online courses about how to not harass people and how to not, you know, and it's like... Did you do that, by the way? Yeah, I got it done. I got got it done. Of course I did. But it's just one of those, like... Both sides I can see. At the end of the day, my gripe against it is, and I don't care about Halloween. I don't care whether you whether you put uh, some candy out on your desk or you decide to dress up in a chicken suit. But it's like, at the end of the day, Friday is still a work day. And you, as one of my salespeople or one of my business people, I can't have you dressed up like a chicken out there selling radio advertisements. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Like, that's that's my gripe against it. Like, now, if you come in on Friday and you're wearing, like, you know... A, a Harry Potter, like, you know, like, professor's cape thing or whatever, something you could remove real quick on your way to your meeting? Sure, but these these pictures they sent of last year's winners, I mean, these are, like... Oh, in, you have them? Oh, yeah, they're, like, in-depth costumes, dude. I mean, like... like oh, like, I didn't even see First this. of all, inappropriate for the workplace. You shouldn't be dressed that that's slutty. That's sexual in nature. shouldn't be dressed that slutty in the workplace. And imagine this dude coming into your place of business. Hi, Mr. Stansberry. I'd like to sell you some radio ads. Yeah, that would never happen. I, get out of here, clown. Yeah, what, that, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm a grown happen. up. You're a grown up. We're not trick or treating. This isn't a Halloween party. This is a my place of business. I own this establishment. I'm trying to get answers from you, and you're dressed up like Uncle Sam. What the hell is going on right now? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, of course not. I don't. I, I mean. I guess with, like, on-air people, of course, yeah, you know, I expect... Part of the show, Facebook Live it, I get it. Right. I, I like it, dude, if you're on, like, one of those Kiss FM or KDD right. or Today's Hit Music Channel, if you're on, like, one of those type radio stations, I totally... Like, if Brian and Leanna D.A.R. show up tomorrow and they're in costume, totally get it. Totally get it. Makes all the sense in the world. Their audience is going to wrap their arms around it. They're going to love it. But I'm with you. I think, like, all right, we were playing this game during the break. <laughs> So I guess we'll just play it right now. Our general manager. Yeah. Is he in costume tomorrow? Yes, but because he's the one who sent this Team email lead. out, so he has to. Um, it'll be like a, there? Yeah, in my opinion, of course, dude. What happens tomorrow when somebody comes in here, when somebody from a car dealership or somebody from Pepsi or somebody from Walmart comes in here and says, hey, I want to negotiate rates here. We're almost to the end of the year. I want to negotiate rates. Well, and our general manager is sitting there and dressed like a bicyclist or something? Yeah, I totally have an issue with that, dude. I totally have an issue with that. Okay. Fair point. I mean, dude, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. So I can't be like, dude, no, we need a professional decorum around here. But, dude, I'm not, I'm not per- a professional around here. And if you knew after work you had a meeting, mm-hmm. if you knew after the show you had a meeting, there would either be a change of clothes for you to change into, 
or you'd go home and switch clothes or whatever, but you'd make, and so maybe people will do that. I mean, I guess maybe. I mean, if we're smart enough to think about doing that, I mean, we can't. We can't be the smartest people in this building, right? Do not, do not buy into that thought process, Dan. I Is know that you're right? thinking. I know you're thinking. No, dude, no. We're not the smartest we, people here. We're we're two idiots in a, in a room together. Dude, I'm telling you right now, there's going to be people. They're going to be dressed up like sailors, or they're going to be dressed up like a gorilla. Somebody's going to be Harambe. Somebody's going to be Glenn from The Walking Dead. And uh, what are you guys doing? A lot of Walking Dead costumes, probably. Uh, a lot of Joker and uh, Harley Quinns, too. Those are going to be popular. That's going to be big this year, yeah. yeah. Big in the slut section there. I'm all right with that. I saw a lot of people rallying against being Harley Quinn this year, and I don't get it. That's a, dude. I'm a, now I'm a fan, and I like Batman and all that. So I think if anything, it's just if people are trying to say be more original, it's going to be the obvious cliched costume of the uh, of the year. So I yeah, guess that's it probably would be. Amy tweeted in. She's like, speaking of office politics, who got employee of the month this time? I don't know. No, I don't know either. We we haven't been informed yet. It's never going to be us. No, I think I think we're just disqualified forever. I don't get that for but. being the number one show in the market in multiple in multiple demos. We don't politic well in the building. We do not. We don't. We don't politic well with each other. <laughs> we would let alone with other people, dude. No, we don't do well at all. You'd think we would write each other in for right for right. employee of the month. Stansberry because he's my friend. <laughs> and, and yet, I I bet I bet neither I nor Fantone has any idea where the ballot box for employee of the month is. Go take right. crap in it. Let me give you this one. Keith Kennedy in costume tomorrow. Yeah, morning probably. show host. Morning show host. Uh, loves attention. He's the hammiest person I ever met in my entire life. I mean, like the dude is Canadian bacon. Yeah, he is. Dude, I mean, he's even the same color. Yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got skin. <laughs> his skin looks like ham. Yeah, his cheeks do look like hams. Don't even get me started on the calves. They look like two liter bottles. That guy just waddling around the hallway. Dude, if he comes in tomorrow in a Buzz Lightyear costume, I will love it. If you've been listening to the program since it started three years ago, that's actually pretty. We don't really refer to him as Buzz Lightyear anymore. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. That's Keith Kennedy right there. Big ol' ham. You're right. He is the hammiest person I've ever met. Dude, just a ham. No other way to describe the dude. Just sweating through the package. <laughs> just Swiss cheese everywhere. All right. Okay. I, I kept hearing this yesterday. It's unfair, the World Series. It's so unfair how it's set up. It, the Indians have a complete advantage with the World Series. I kept hearing it all day yesterday. I'll shoot holes in that theory next on the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, 730. We'll send you to the Factory of Terror. That wrapping up this week, I believe. Still a few days left to go out there and enjoy that, so we'll give you some tickets, 730. Now's the time to go, too. The weather's cold. It's like it the, the, feels like that season. Now. The leaves have changed, things agree. like that. Last week of high school football, too, man. It's going to be a busy one in Stark County. Yeah, it's a huge weekend, right? Correct. It's pretty big. I know that big rivalry game happening. 830, we'll send you to see Bush New Year's Day. Out at the Hard Rock Roxino, Northfield Park there. Kick-ass way to spend the day there. Yeah. Right? New Year's Day. For sure. And let's be real. I mean, once you get over the hangover on New Year's Day, it's not like there's anything really going on in college football. Hanging out with... I mean, it's not even that big of a family get-together. I, I mean, I can't... Honestly, the last New Year's Day I remember is going to a show. Metallica Kid Rock. That's the last, like, New Year's Day I remember. 
I got to start thinking about New Year's Eve plan. Oh, no, I don't. That's right. I'm bartending clutch at the Agora. There you go. <laughs> so, no, no, I don't. No, I already I already have my, my New Year's Eve plans. Pretty good plan there, though, man. Not a bad one. Clutch at the Agora, New Year's Eve. That's what I did last New Year's Eve. We, Rock- had, we had them last year for New Year's Eve. Rocking in 2017 with, the, with Neil and the boys. They're so good. Yeah, clutch is good. so good. Pretty good. So... I was listening to a lot of these national sports talk shows yesterday, Dan Patrick and Colin Coward and a lot of the stuff on on ESPN and the like. And I like to check that kind of stuff during the day and kind of find out what's going on. And especially, you know, with one of our teams vying for a championship, Cavs now back, uh, you know, in action. So there's going to be a lot of conversations going on. Um, First... I think people are jumping now. As a guy who bet this, the Golden State Warriors would not win more than sixty-eight games this year, people jumping off that bandwagon yesterday, like it's over. See, it's over. I, I think you're nuts. I think it's game one. They lost by twenty-nine. It's a bad loss, but game one for the Warriors. Warriors are probably still going to be all right. People are just so knee-jerk, just so like, oh my gosh, it's over. Oh my god, they're the greatest of all time. Chill out, people. Chill out. Chill out. You gotta let things play out. You gotta let things play out. I agree. So just real quickly there, I just I you know I, th- I think people are jumping off that bandwagon a little too fast. I think the Cavs win in the end, but I think people are jumping off that bandwagon a little too fast. But one of the things I kept hearing yesterday about the World Series is, for those of you that don't know, home field advantage for the World Series is decided earlier in the season at the All Star Game. If the American League wins the All Star Game, home field advantage in the World Series. National League wins, but you know then they do then they go there. We'd be playing home field with the Cubs. And I kept hearing about how this is unfair. This is an unfair way to do this. And the Cubs are at a disadvantage now is what I was hearing. This is before game two. Mm-hmm. I was hearing, it's a, you know, the Cubs are at a disadvantage. Apparently, of the last 13 World Series, whoever won game one won 12 of the 13 last World Series. That's great news. That's good news for us. But I kept hearing national sports guys say, this is unfair. How dare you let an exhibition game decide home field advantage for the World Series? The Cubs are at a disadvantage now. They had to face Corey Kluber at home, and the Indians bat better at home. Surprise, most teams do. So I like threw that stat right out. I was like, aren't most teams going to bat better at home? I bet most teams do. I bet there's probably a few anomalies, but I bet they're not playing in the World Series. You probably play play better as a club at home, I would imagine. I could be wrong about that. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but my guess would be that you probably play better at home. But I, the format is two games here, three games there, then two games back here. Yep. I don't understand how this is unfair, especially now if you look at what happened last night. You throw one of your aces out there last night, the Cubs do, and you win in dramatic fashion, 5-1. Now you're going back home for three in a row. Explain to me how this is unfair to the team that doesn't get home field advantage. You get, uh, for me, three games in a row at home? is is That feels like the advantage to me. Um, once you win a game on the road, yes, it does become the no advantage. No series starts until you win, until somebody loses at home. Right? That's kind of what everybody says about the NBA Finals, the World Series, any, like, multiple game series. Once you lose at home, now the series actually starts. Right, because at this point, the Indians have to win on the road, and that's a a, a, a tougher spot to be in, no question about it. Oh, there, and now, all of a sudden, there's a ton of drama in this. Now, if Bauer goes out there last night, has a performance like Kluber, mows him down, I guess maybe you could make this argument, but I'm not sure. Now, I'm not saying that this is the way you should decide home field advantage for the World Series. Maybe there's a better way to decide it. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with baseball enough, 
but I don't think that the Indians are have this unfair advantage. Well, I mean, there's a couple different arguments you can make here. You could do it NBA style where the team with the best regular season record is the team that has home field advantage. Which would be the Cubs. And I think there's a point there because you as a team won the most games. That makes the regular season games more important. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's why you can't say, oh, well, it's just a throwaway game in the middle of March. It's like, no, it matters because you're fighting to make sure that game seven happens in Cleveland versus in Golden State. You know what I mean? So there's that makes that makes the The regular out games, yes. That makes the regular season more important. Um, I think you could make the argument of, well, should you do it like the NFL and have it on a predetermined site, not necessarily neutral because God knows who's going to end up winning, but like, hey, next year, all seven World Series games happening in Kansas City. Whether it's the Indians and the Cubs or it's the, you know, whoever it is. I don't like that. And I'll t- I, I think that's unfair for the fan at that point. I mean, you can go out of town for a weekend to catch the Super Bowl if your team's in it. But good luck taking a week off longer than a week when week you start plus, talking yeah. about travel. Oh, no, there won't be travel days if you're going to have a predetermined. But, I mean, you're talking a week plus that you're out. And I think attendance would be really bad for the World Series at that point. And, um, all right, it's, you're probably still going to sell the stadiums out. Oh, yeah. Let's be, I mean, it's the championship series. You're still going to do that. You're going to see less of the actual fan bases of those teams in that World Series. And, and I don't know if baseball cares about that. But, but, you know, it's not going to be a situation where you're going to go to all seven games. You go into Kansas City for that weekend, and you see the Sunday game, and then you come back to your life, and you watch games, you know, three, four, five, six at, at your house, just like you would if you would have went to Cleveland last night. Um, but I listen, and these are just ideas I'm throwing out there. I do, I actually do like the idea of uh, it makes the All Star Game worth something. And without that, I mean, you're just playing the Pro Bowl. Without without it mattering, you're just playing the Pro Bowl. And if you're trying to increase not just eyes on the All Star Game, if you're trying to increase brand awareness and you're trying to get more superstars under the under the light and you know make baseball grow, I totally understand why they do this. I've heard that this was an overreaction over one of the previous Major League Baseball commissioners who he says, nobody cares about this game. And if you actually go back and look at the ratings, that the ratings are in line with all other All-Star games. Actually, I hear the Major League Baseball's All-Star game actually outperforms the NBA All-Star game. And probably because it matters. You know what I mean? And they both probably beat the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl just does not matter. No, the Pro Bowl doesn't matter at all. I would argue that the reason why, if it's true that that the Major League Baseball All-Star Game gets more viewers, is that that's the closest to the real competition you're going to get out of all the major sports for their All-Star Game. Ah, you know what? I'm speaking out of turn when it comes to hockey. Not sure there. But, like, the NBA All-Star Game doesn't feel like a real NBA game. Because it doesn't matter. Right. The Pro Bowl doesn't feel like a real NFL game, for sure. It doesn't matter. But those guys... Those guys on the All-Star team know if I win this game, if I bust my ass for this, this could mean the difference between us playing in Cleveland four games versus us playing in Chicago for four games. Now, I got to add, so like if we flip this around, let's say the Indians have the best record in baseball all regular season, but the National League wins the All-Star game, and now we're playing... Are Indians fans saying the same thing if we're at home for the Cubs right now? Uh, I bet not. Well, as as, as we get closer and closer to the story, obviously people's perspectives are going to get skewed, but if you're asking me personally, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I'm being an impartial third party to this, and I'm saying, like, hey, just view this without your fan glasses on, 
I'll separate myself and say, yeah, that's the way it should be. I maintain that three games at home in a row feels like the advantage to me. Like, think about this now. They went all three at home. We're done. We don't even come back here. We're done. The game, the series is over. Now, I don't see that happening. I still think Indians win the World Series. I still think we're going to win the World Series. You still got to face Kluber in Game 4. And if you go, you still got to face him in Game 7. We're nowhere near out of this. Like, dude, again, some of the overreaction I read this morning of people going, well, see? It's like, dude, what? Even if we are over at this point, even if even if even if the tribe is done, successful season to me. I, I, You'll hear no complaining out of me. If you're going to complain about that, then you're just going to complain about anything. But it's not. I mean, honestly, less than like four months ago, there was a team down three to one in the finals, and they came back and they won it all. So being one and one, you can come back from that. You can. You had to figure that sooner or later the bats of the Cubs were going to heat up. That lineup's deep, man, and they're strong, and they hit the ball a ton. Like, sooner or later, they were going to hit the ball. And no matter how well their offense is playing, you're never going to win a baseball game not scoring runs. You know what I mean? Like, I know they got one late. But you gotta, you're you going to have to score more than one run, I would think, to beat the Chicago Cubs. And it's very obvious a team can get blown out 6 to nothing and then come back the next night and blow a team out 5-1. to one. So why, why is does it... Does momentum matter as much in baseball as it does in other sports, do you think? Uh, not, or is it all about the guy on the mound? Not necessarily, because uh, obviously the guy on the mound is different, and that's going to change the entire game. And uh, there's so much... <sighs> There's so much opportunity in baseball to turn things around. I mean, I don't think momentum matters in from game to game nearly as much as people want to make it out to. Within the game, yes, momentum matters. You know, from from one inning but to the next. But game one to game three or whatever. Obviously not. I mean, obviously not. As the Cubs went from getting shut out by six runs to winning by four. I mean, things can happen, dude. Any given Sunday, man, you put you roll the bag of basketballs out and you see what happens. Like, And the thing is with the Indians, too, and all season long I've said this, is that they can win any one given game. Right? Is, is, do I guarantee they're going to win the World Series? Do I know what's going to happen these next five games? I don't know. But I do know any given game, that team can go out there and win. So that's enough for me. Hmm. I, I don't think the system's unfair was my point. I, I feel like I don't think the Cubs were at this this ultra disadvantage because the Indians have home field advantage. I think three in a row in the middle of the series and you sleeping in your own bed, I, I think that helps you more than hurts. But, again, I guess what I don't know about baseball could fill the Grand Canyon. Moms, we have more info that just says, you know what, if your kid's playing football, yank them out and yank them out now. The end of football, next on The Sansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to The Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. About a half hour away from hooking you up with Factory of Terror tickets. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need for those. As we here in Star County get ready for the biggest rivalry game in all of sport. McKinley versus Maslin there. More and more studies coming out about the effects of young kids playing football. Now, when we talk concussion in football, most everybody keeps this focus on the NFL. Right. Where I just read this stat. There's a couple of thousand. You have fewer than 2,000 people playing in the NFL. Right. You get all the media attention. But listen to this. There's 2,000 kids for every NFL player. Playing football, of course, three and a half million kids playing youth football in the U.S., which just goes to show you the 
extremely unlikely situation that your child is going to make it till the, to the NFL. I know there's dads out there right now who are listening to the radio saying, Fantone, you're an idiot. My kid's going pro. I would imagine if, if, in most positions, you're going to know pretty early, right? Because a lot of it's going to be pure size. And unless your kid's like freakish size for his age, probably not going to make it. Even if your kid has freakish size for his age... Looking at the tall guy right now, there's a million other things that yeah, are going you to... you got to have the coordination, you got to have all that. Aside from that, your kid's going to have to want to do that. He's going to have to be disciplined. He's going to have to be dedicated. Like, people that think that their kid is just going to make it to pro sports, dude. It's insane. You, you, you're an idiot. It, what are you doing? It's insane. So three and a half million kids playing youth football in the United States. So last year, researchers at Boston's Brigham and Women's Hospital found that NFL players who had begun playing football before the age of 12, had a higher risk of altered brain development as compared to their counterparts who started a little bit later. So a new study's come out looking at kids that play football between the ages of 8 and 13. And they found that even kids who don't show signs of being concussed, Mm -hmm. your brain is altered negatively at the end of a year by the hits you're taking in peewee football. One of the things you have to take into consideration there is that kids learning how to play the game and kids that aren't necessarily, you know, pro athletes who have been playing this game their entire life and trained very well in it. Right. These kids don't know what they're doing. They're just out there trying to hit somebody hard because their dad's screaming at them from the sidelines and they don't know how to not, you know, how to hit safely. And don't get me wrong, there's coaches and, and you know, obviously right. a high priority on that, but there's going to be a lot of error when you're talking about 11-year-old kids. This last August, Ann McKee, the director of the Boston University Chronic Traumatic Center, Traumatic Center, sorry, said that kids under 14 should not play football. Reminding that the Washington reminding Washington Post reporters that the kids' heads are a large part of their body and their necks are not as strong as an adult's necks. So kids might be at a greater risk of head and brain injuries than adults. And, of course, your brain's not even fully developed at that point. Getting into a small car accident, that's what they say a hit on the football field is like. Getting into a small car accident is not healthy. Saying that kids under 14 should not play football, that woman would be strangled. You'd find her dead body in Stark County For somewhere, sure dude. I mean, dude, can you, dude, no, your kids can't play football until they turn 14? This is one of those things that's very tricky, right? Because I'm hearing from pro NFL guys who cover the NFL that the reason why some of the play is down in the NFL and why the games aren't as good and why, why the play looks sloppy is because we've reduced the amount of times that players are required to be there for practice. We've reduced the amount of time that they're in pass hitting. We've reduced the amount of time that college coaches can prepare you to play the game. And because we're trying to make players safe, safer, which I'm fine with. But there has been a little bit of a decline in the quality of play because we're using less and less time on these fields. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, and I know this is an unpopular take here, but if I had a son right now, I don't think i let him play. I've heard enough NFL players who've made their life on it, who have an option not to have their kids play football because they made enough money where their kids can do other things, who say, no, no, my kid's not doing that. 
I'm not encouraging my kid to. That for sure. Am I letting my kid? I don't know. I don't know. I played football and like I feel like it'd be a little bit like, dude, what's hypocritical. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, not to be like, oh, my brain still works okay. Yeah, but, but we learn things over time, right? You know, right? That right. we didn't know when you were playing. Maybe. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, my, I'm sure my grandma smoked when she was pregnant. I'm not going to be like, oh, it's okay to my wife. Right. Sure, sweetheart. I mean, dude, presidents used to smoke on TV while right. they were addressing the nation. We don't do that anymore. Because we, we have more information, we know things, and now, I like your stance, because like, I don't want to look at my kid and be like, no, but I would be sitting there going, man, I hope my kid wants to play golf or tennis, like something you can do forever, you know what I mean, and that you're probably not going to get hurt at, and I know right now there's people taking to Twitter and Facebook, and they'll be like, my daughter hurt herself playing volleyball, right, you can get hurt playing any sport, I understand uh, dude, that. You get, hurt fix- you get hurt fixing your drone, you can get hurt walking down the street, uh, we have to talk about, st- you know, statistically how likely is that stuff to happen, and hurting yourself playing tennis, getting getting tennis elbow, or, or banging up your knee playing volleyball is considerably different than head trauma. That's what was going to be my point, is that considerably different. CTE and head trauma, I mean, dude, this stuff leads to guys taking their own lives. It leads to people being aggressively violent with their family members. I've floated this around the last couple of times we've talked about this. How long do you think it is before what we're seeing on the field mimics where it's less contact in football? Where it's more of a... I don't want to say arena league because they still hit quite a bit in that. But is it going to get softened? Are we going to see a, a different NFL product because of what's happening here? Rugby is always what I point at. And, you know, it's it's not the same thing as football, but it's a pretty brutal game. And it's, it's it, from everything I've looked at and heard, it's just safer because these guys... No pads, no helmet, right? right? These guys protect their bodies in different ways. When you're when you're fully armored up and you've got a helmet on and you know You, you feel invincible. Right, and you can missile yourself. And I know there's been, you know, rules in the NFL against stuff no like that. No targeting with the helmet but, and spearing and the like. But still, I mean, these guys know that they have to protect themselves differently and you know, you you've said before that it's just going to turn into to the best game of flag football ever. I, I, with everything the NFL is dealing with right now, and as this obviously is going to continue to be more and more of a problem for athletes that are bigger, faster, and stronger than they were, you know, 20, 30, 50 years ago, they're going to have to figure this out. They have to. You better figure something out. I know a lot of you are sitting there thinking there's no way the NFL could go away. And what I'm going to tell you is my favorite sport, golf, used to be the sport that dominated the American culture. And if you would have told people back then that golf was never going to go by the wayside and people would stop watching it, they would have laughed in your face the way you want to laugh in my face about NFL. But I'm telling you, I said this 10 years ago when Butch Davis first brought scientists into North Carolina to study his players. And I remember hearing then, every hit you take is like being in a car accident. I remember looking at my friend Jessica and I said, wait till moms start hearing that. When moms start hearing that, because let's be honest, it's mom that signs the permission slips. It's mom that takes you to practice. It's mom that picks you up. And I've heard now that the NFL has a mom problem. That mom kind of moms kind of feel like, you know what? I don't think I want my kids in that. And I could understand it. And I'm normally the guy that's like, oh, what are you, a sissy? Oh, toughen up, sissy. But when you're talking about my kid having head trauma, I don't think you get to call me a sissy if I want to keep my kids safe. And I don't want my kid having CTE and him killing his wife. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's totally okay for me to be like, you know what? Let's leave head trauma out of this. Now, what I will say is, 
I think if you wait till 14 to try to pick the game up, you're probably going to be a little bit behind, especially if you're thinking about it as a career. You can't wait to start a sport at 14 and then think you're going to make a career at it anymore. I don't think you could. So I think that's probably too late if you want this to be like a legitimate thing you're trying to chase. Yeah, but if everybody's starting at 14, if that's like the overall rule. Yeah. And, I mean, most most pro athletes are kids that played multiple sports in high school. Most pro athletes are kids that it wasn't just like, hey, I'm 100% focused Yeah, LeBron on played everything, right? Right. You know, you go out there, and, 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 and really, when you're and in that adolescence period, it's more about establishing, like, body control and being able to, you know, perform in the moment as opposed to, like, hey, you need to know every single play, right. every single audible, every single aspect of football. Yeah, you're not setting the coverage behind center at- at, as a peewee quarterback. I'm hearing from Twitter, football's already been pussified compared to when I was playing. Yeah. Back it, in my day! There's a little bit of truth in that, but I would say, I would argue that it's probably good. I, this is the analogy I use all the time. Back in the day, it wasn't a concussion. You got your bell rung. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, that, And that's not okay. Yeah, back in the day it wasn't PTSD. People were, you know, soldiers were just having nightmares. Back right. in the day, it wasn't it wasn't lung cancer. It, it wasn't that, lung right? cancer, it was just a cough. You know what I mean? There's plenty of things back in the day. I'm just I, I think if I had a son, I would push him towards basketball. I would push him towards golf, towards tennis, I would push him towards things that were less impact on the body overall. I just think your body, even your head, but like your joints and your knees and everything, you're probably just going to be in better condition later in life if you play less impact sports. Not only that, but if you want to make a professional career, I mean, dude, there's no senior NFL tour. There's a senior PGA tour. There's no senior NFL tour. You get about six years and then you're done. Actually, the national average is shorter than that. I think it's four years. Is the national average. I know it's an unpopular take, especially where we're having it, especially the week we're having this conversation. But I would, I you know what, I like Phantom there. Not that I would maybe stand in the way of my kid, but I'm not going to push him to play football. I wouldn't be urging him to do it. I like that better. I like letting my kids make make their decisions and grow into the people that they need to be. I also like my kids because they're hypothetical and I don't have to raise them. That's my favorite part of my children. I have a reputation of being willing to eat anything, anywhere, anytime. And Arby's is testing that theory. They've released a new product or they're going to be releasing a new new product. It's got everybody talking. If you don't know what this is, I'll fill you in and we'll find out when we can get it next on the Stansberry Show. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. A couple of minutes uh, away from passing out some Factory of Terror tickets. The number you need for those, 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to Factory of Terror. Coming up at 9 o'clock today, Fantone. Singer of The Who had something really interesting to say about the state of music. And I think it's going to shock people who like rock music. Okay. It's I'm honestly what Roger Daltrey had to say, I would have never guessed it was like if you would have just shown me the quote, I would have said, there's obviously a musician who feels that way. But I would have never guessed 
frontman of one of the most legendary rock bands ever. Can't wait to get into it. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, we'll do that. Arby's is out there with a new campaign now. They have been for about the last year. Their whole thing is we have the meats. Right. We have the meats. Right. Right. Good campaign, right? Smart campaign. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm a fan of Arby's. Mm-hmm. The curly fries are delicious. Delicious. Do they still do the cherry turnover thing? Oh, I'm sure. The apple turnover is good, too. Those um, were good. The Jamocha shake. Uh, for what was, you know, when you're listing off the essential Arby's, we're still the right. best of the best, but Arby's has done a good job in diversifying what it does. Uh, McDonald's is still just burgers and chicken nuggets. You know what I'm saying? They tried, Primarily, yeah. They try to do like, oh, it's an artisan sandwich. But Here's a salad. I want a Big Mac. That's what I want right. there. Where Arby's has done a good job of introducing new things, so it's not just like, hey, I want a, I want a big, ro- or the big Montana. I want, and it's like, no, I want that sandwich. Oh, this Look at this over here. I'll eat that. I'll eat poor pork. I'll eat that. You know, they've done a good job on that. Makes me want to try them. Yeah, they do a good job advertising like new products, you know, and the like. And I saw this get posted yesterday and I thought I was being duped. Like, I thought this was like one of those fake things and right. like, like an onion article right. or whatever. And I thought like I was being duped online. But keeping true with the campaign of We Have the Meats. Arby's has announced it will be serving deer meat in select markets. It's a venison steak sandwich. They're going to roll it out 17 restaurants, and it will have a berry sauce and a crispy fried onion on top there, they're saying. And people like lost their minds about this yesterday, either good or bad. And like I said, I felt like, I was like, we're being lied to. This isn't going to be a thing. I agree 100%. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, fake, fake, fake. I was like, I don't know if American business is ready to breach the venison market. Well, I mean, they have been, you know, every different kind of meat they've been kind of flexing on. I know they had that like fat cut bacon. That was yeah. a big thing for them. And, and, and you know, if anyone was going to do it, I guess Arby's is going to be the organization to do it. But I, I agree 100%. I was like, no way, no way. Uh, yeah, I thought. I honestly thought I was... I, I thought it was being duped. So Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Tennessee, Georgia, Pennsylvania, the test markets here. Okay. And I was surprised Ohio wasn't on that list because of how popular deer hunting is in the state of Ohio. And my theory being, Fantone, that the more deer hunters you have, the more people who have tried venison, understand it's really good, aren't scared of right. it, don't look at it as, oh my God, I'm eating Bambi, and will be accepting of the idea. Yeah, and I mean, for the most part, those are all pretty big hunting states. Yeah, they are. Uh, Michigan, obviously. Pennsylvania, sure. But you're right. South, yeah. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah, those are all big hunting states. You're absolutely right. Surprising Ohio didn't make that Yeah, I was a little shocked by that. Especially when you consider, um, I know Columbus is a big test market for all fast food establishments Mm -hmm. just because it's a very good uh, microcosm of what America is. Also, Wendy started there, so other companies try to like find out what's going on in their home market there. But people were freaking out, like, you can't do that. And I think you absolutely absolutely can do this. Now, I have a little um, experience. Now, if you don't know a hunter, you've probably never had venison, right? Because most places don't serve it. Right. But my dad was a deer hunter when I was growing up as a kid. He was a bow hunter. My dad, oh my God, that was like his hobby. And we were never allowed to go with him as kids. He, that was like how he got away from us. Got his Nugent on. Yeah, he got his Nugent on. <laughs> and my dad had an alter ego. <laughs> Dr. Death is in town. Anytime, really? Oh, anytime, dude. When he first got his hunting license. Really? Yeah, I always thought it was very hypocritical. 
Like Dr. I would yell at him all the time. I'm like, dude, you're all about being the man of the Jesus and like wow. and treating everybody equally and all this stuff. And like, but now you're gonna go and spend your free time killing animals in the woods, Doctor Death. But yeah, Doctor Death That's was awesome, dude. <laughs> that was my dad's alter That's ego. There. Awesome. That was uh, that was his alter ego. But my dad, not very good at the bow hunting, but right. he was uh, but caught deer more than a few times. And right. so we had venison all the time. What he would do is he would have it processed, obviously, donate most of the meat to like a family in need, right? So they could eat something, and then he would you know hold a little back you know because of you know selfishly did want to eat some of it you either are related to a hunter or married to a hunter or you have gone to a food bank because food banks deal with that all the time is that right well you have people that go deer hunting they kill way too much you know what i'm saying no deers are huge and 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 their their family can't take all of it so they'll donate it to a food bank yeah so i didn't know a food bank would take venison yeah i mean as long as it's processed and i mean you know as long as it's as long as you didn't do in the backyard right 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 so no the food banks deal with that all the time do you see this catching on the venison sandwich? Mm, I see it making headlines for Arby's. I don't see it being a big seller. I mean, it, catching on, does it go nationwide for a little bit? Yeah, but it's probably going to be like a limited edition fall, you know, like the McRib where it's there for six weeks and then it's gone. I, I don't see it being like an all the time menu thing. Matt says, I think this is going to be a huge hit. He's tweeting that in. I think this will work a lot the way most other novelty fast food products do oh my god i want to try that and then you go there and you actually don't order that you order something that you've always gotten from there i think this is a great get you in the door product and you end up eating arby's probably more times over the next three months which is what they need now when it comes to like any beef or chicken or pork or anything like that there's already like an industrial farming complex in place for those kind of things and that's where they get the meat from we have the meats well you got them from you know a slaughterhouse just like anywhere else where are they getting this venison meat from are these deers being like professionally hunted obviously uh, are, are they being professionally hunted or are they being raised like like animals like like cattle i mean or are they being raised like like food uh, because i don't I, I don't know if that makes a difference in the quality of meat because if you're just out there hunting yeah, I don't know about that. Is that going to change, like, depending on where you are, like, the flavor of it? Where like, you shoot it? Right. And, like, how do they know that that deer wasn't sick or something like that where it just doesn't – there, there's got to be – I don't want to say, like, a deer farm or deer slaughterhouse or something, but that's that's one of the questions I have about this for sure. I'm hearing from Twitter that the Ohio Revised Code does not permit restaurants to serve deer meat, likely out of fear of the quality of uh-huh. it. And you may have looser laws like that in Michigan and Pennsylvania and Georgia where this is being sold at. Right. And, I mean – you talk about the the lesser quality of it. I mean, and that's exactly what you're getting into if you just start having people like haul a dead deer that they shot up to Arby's like, yo, do you guys want to buy this? <laughs> yeah, right? I hope that's not the way that goes. And somewhere along the line, there's got to be like a distributor in here. And I don't I mean, I, I guess there's there's somebody in the business of selling deer meat. I uh, I'm surprised eating venison hasn't caught more on for more people just because they. <laughs> I don't ever remember hearing of anybody hitting a cow with their car. You know what I mean? I'm sure has it happened? Yes. But, I mean, you can hit deer every year in your, in your car, and so there's always the, we need to thin the herd, like, mentality when it comes to deer. So I'm surprised more places aren't wrapping their arms around this. Right. I mean, just based on the number of deer alone. Two but, birds, one stone there. People need to eat, and we need less deer hitting cars. But we're looking at a, 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 a you know, a, a group of animals there that isn't, you know, they're not farmed. They're not. They're just out there running around. To, whereas you're not hitting cows because they're on farms. There's not just like packs of wild cows running around. I uh, okay. I'm uh, again. Twitter uh, saving our ass here. Frank Allen and Lee. I all say there are plenty of deer farms uh, here in the country and in really? New Zealand. I guess it's big business. 
but I'm hearing there are deer farms that buy and sell the deer. There's big ones in Texas that that handle this. And uh, John says there's a restaurant in Bainbridge that serves venison. Yeah, I've, I, I'm familiar with that restaurant. I've been. Um, there used to be a place in Twinsburg that's not there anymore, but it was like all wild game meat. Like you could get alligator and swordfish and they had venison there. And so I think you can get permits for this kind of stuff. I'm not sure if Arby's has all that buttoned up for a national rollout. Um, my guess is they don't, and that's why we're not seeing it. And also they're going to want to check and make sure that people, again, those are all big hunting states where it is. It's Wisconsin, Georgia, Minnesota, uh, Pennsylvania, places like the Tennessee. And so what they're going to do is let's make sure people that live in these states that do this as a sport find this delicious before we start trying to make people in New York City eat venison. That's probably my guess on that. But it says I'm not fearful of this at all. I would I would try this immediately. Yeah. My dad used to make venison jerky all the time, and it was so good. Like venison's actually really good meat. It's actually delicious, and I'm surprised with hunger issues in this country that we haven't taken a looser attitude towards this kind of stuff. We have Factory of Terror tickets. Let's send you right now. Caller 15 one 7625 We'll send you the Factory of Terror and continue the show next on Rock 106.9. Deliver Gansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9 at 830. We'll send you to see Bush New Year's Day. Hard Rock Roxena, they'll be in town doing a show. And we'll send you to that. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need to win those tickets at 830 this morning. I'll tell you what I've learned in the last 15 minutes, Antone, and that's our audience. The Sands Show audience has a huge amount of knowledge surrounding deer and the farming thereof. We got into this whole Arby's going to serve a venison like steak sandwich. I feel like it sounds delicious. Can't wait to try it, but it's not going to be sold in Ohio. But apparently there are deer farms here. There's one in Navarre, I'm being told. Honestly, that is uh, better to me. Like I said, I don't want like just you know I, I don't want I don't want I don't want Ted Nugent up in a tree stand and then hauling his carcass out to Arby's and they're just gonna process it in the back next to the dumpster. So I'm glad this is being done in like a farming situation. Blake says, believe it or not, deer raised in captivity taste differently than deer caught in the wild, and I would totally agree with that. Yeah. We've seen that with other animals and stuff like that. So I w- I would have to imagine deer could th- that could be. And like the consistency of the flavor. I mean, let's be real. Fast food places, all restaurants are looking for consistency. So if you have like a gamey ass sandwich and then the next one's not, you know, you you, you do. You have to have like a a farm food. You're right. Like when I go to McDonald's in Connecticut, I want it to taste the way it did in Ohio. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's you. You want a universal taste from the most little like podunk McDonald's, you know, and that's the biggest thing in their town to New York City. It tastes the same no matter what. I read a study this morning. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not sure I buy this math. Okay. It's from the Gallup. Gallup okay. did this poll, and they're normally really reputable. All right, I don't know every poll they've ever done, so I, you know what I mean. I'm sure somebody could go through with a fine tooth comb and be like, no, they, you know, they skewed the numbers of this. But they're normally pretty reputable there. Mm-hmm. And when I read this, I'm encouraged by it, but I would have never guessed it. And that's America's respect. For their local police department is up. It's up. These numbers were released earlier this week, Monday. 76% 76 of adults said they have a great deal of respect for their local police. That's a 12-point jump from last year. And just one point shy, Fantone, of the all-time high back in 1967. 
Now, this seems shocking to me as we've spent the last couple of years <laughs> focusing on police brutality, police shootings, and the like. That I would have never guessed that respect for your local police department would be up, but but I'm encouraged by this. Um, I think uh, over the past three years of complicated times, or at least when we've been uh, paying attention to them, because let's be real, commu- been going on community and police relationships have always been complex. I mean, truth be told, I'm surprised in 1967 had such a high number, considering how what was going on, how turbulent times were back well, then. Were we asking everyone True. in 1967? Point. My best guess is we were only asking who we wanted to hear from in 1967. Very, very good point there. Um, but for all the anti-cop things I've seen, and that includes violence against police officers, that includes um, people who have called for that, people, even even people who are protesting against that, for as much as I've seen all that, and that's not, you know, for all I've seen of that, I've seen a lot on the opposite side of the coin. I feel like I've seen a lot of stories where, like, hey, look at this cop playing basketball with these kids, and hey, look at this, this waitress paid for these cops' dinner. And this hey, cop's line dancing with these kids in the street. Right, right. Officer Lamar Sharp, he's out there handing out toys out of his cruiser. Yeah, I mean, that guy, I mean, he does. That guy goes above and beyond to help uh, mend that relationship between community and cops. So, so I really do, I mean... This is one of those things that if you dive deeper, you're obviously going to see more signs of this. And if all you do is turn on MSNBC and CNN, you're going to be like, oh my God, cops are terrible. A little bit of that, right? Right. Oh, for sure. If it bleeds, yeah. it leads. I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's a, uh, if, if it's a more scandalous headline, it's going to get more news traction. Now, they found a racial split in the attitude towards police. Shocker. Right? 80% of whites say they have a great deal of respect for local law enforcement compared to 67% of non-whites. Okay, but again, what I would say is you're talking non-whites there. That's going to be a huge group of people because it's all minorities thrown in there. So the numbers are going to be skewed a little bit. Well, and let's not act like not not skewed, but they're going to be. But there's going to be a variance in the numbers. I mean, how many how many different times do we have to see the Department of Justice say that hey, the Cleveland Police Department is right. is racist, the Chicago Police Department is racist, Baltimore. right? I mean, dude, how many times do we have to see that before? Like, well, obviously, there's going to be a different. And I think the question's a little bit. I don't want to say misleading, but like a great deal of respect. I mean, I have a great deal of respect for law officers. I, I certainly do, but I can at the same time understand when there's Admonish problems. bad cops. Right, 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 right. I can see when there's problems and I can be vehemently against those issues. Here's why I'm encouraged by this, is that the numbers are actually up just from last year when only 69% of whites had said they had a great deal for local law enforcement and 53% of non-whites. So that number, that last number, 53 rose to 67. That's encouraging. And you have to remember, I think a vast majority of the vocal outcry against police is from a small group of people. Let's not act like everybody's out there shooting five Dallas cops. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that's one person who who caused mass chaos, but it wasn't indicative. And changes the opinion of everybody around and, and, and not just around there, everybody in the country. Right, but it's not indicative of how like all black people in Dallas feel about uh, about cops. This new study from the Gallup, uh, you know, company surveyed also showed police improving <laughs> their public standing in another area. A poll done in June showed 56% of Americans have confidence in police, up from a 22-year low of 52% in 2015. So that rose 4% over the last year. That's good. That is. If you would have get, if you would have asked me 
about this, and I didn't read this, I would have never guessed that we were seeing highs of this. Um, now, that just, I think, speaks to how we're sold news. Right. I mean, yeah, I was going to really say, do. That, that, that's public perception right there, and perception is reality, reality in some aspects. I mean, it is. Um, I think it's worth noting, this year has been more dangerous than last year when it comes to being a cop. Um, uh, gun Gunshot and, and gunfire deaths this year for police officers is up 53%. I'm not shocked by that. Um, See, I would have guessed more things would have been along those lines. But you have to remember, last year was one of the safest years all time low. of all time right. for police officers. Much like we've been saying about the NFL ratings, you're coming off an all-time high, you're going to see a dip. If you're at an all-time low, you're going to see a rise there. If you compare 2016 to 1976, it, dude, it's not even close. Like, it's not even close. 46 officers of the law have been shot and killed in the line of duty this year. And, and not to say that doesn't sound like a lot, because it certainly is, dude. 46 people who went to work trying to keep their community safer got killed, and that's way too many. But it's not like... If you would have asked me that number, I would have said higher. Given how many people live in America, how many cops there are, how many states across the country, I would have thought it was higher than 46. One's too many, but I would have thought it was higher than 46. Huh. It's interesting. I would have If somebody would have said to me, hey, they just did a study. And ask people what their confidence and what their respect level is for police officers. I would have said, I bet we're at an all-time low. And again, it just goes to show you're, you're just watching too much news. You're reading too much Slate. You're reading too much BuzzFeed. That's, uh, that's encouraging stuff. And I wanted to get that out there because I feel like there's probably cops who want people like to tell people that. Tell people that. Dude, shout out to CPD. We've said it a million times. The Canton Police Department is truly leading the way when it comes to those community and, 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 and police relations. Yeah. You know, we mentioned Lamar Sharp, dude, um, Anthony Ankrum, uh, Brandon Shackle, uh, yeah, Ken those guys Marino. Are all great. Those, these guys are all out there making a difference, not just in like keeping the streets safer, but making them better. And and that's where it's all starting is getting out of your car and shaking hands with somebody. I've said I've been on that for a while now, dude. You gotta get these guys out of their cars and walking beats again. I think that totally helps. I understand that there's going to be a financial end to that and makes it difficult to get it. But I believe that would really help. But that was encouraging to read that. Again, because it wasn't just like an opinion poll from like polls.com. That's the Gallup there. And they, I mean, they. this is what they do. That's encouraging stuff. All right, you knew we were going to have to do this today. You just knew it. The end of Chief Wahoo is, is near. Brace yourself. The war has been fought. They have won. Chief Wahoo is going away. I will prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Next on the Sansbury Show. Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. You're about a half hour away from winning Bush tickets. They're playing the Hard Rock Roxino January 1st, New Year's Day. There, Pass those out just a few minutes. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need for those. I can't believe we're promoting things happening on New Year's Day already. This year flew by. Just around the corner. So as we're sitting in the World Series, we're now tied one game apiece with the Chicago Cubs. Doom! Doom! (laughs) No, I feel like we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. All right. All right. Series shifts back to Chicago for three games. Then if need be, we come back here for two. One of the hot stories, because they're good right now, and because they're winning right now, and because they're in a World Series right now, and that's the only reason this is a big deal right now is the controversy surrounding Chief Wahoo. (sighs) 
gotta give me a second here because I gotta make sure I just don't fly off the handle and lose my effing mind over this. I actually lost a friendship yesterday over this conversation. Had this conversation online, which I should never do. I should know better than that. I'm given a real outlet to have conversations. I should just handle it here. I don't know what I'm doing on Facebook. That makes me an idiot. But I was flat out called a racist by a guy who I've invited into this studio multiple times to help promote his career. Flat out called me a racist online. That friendship is now severed forever. And I'll tell this unnamed man, you needed me more than I was ever going to need you, dude. So way to think it through. You got upset. You got defeated in that conversation and then called me a racist. Way to go. So I'm a little heated about this. Now, I've talked about Chief Wahoo a million times, every radio station I've worked at. Here's my stance, okay? You're never going to be able to stop me from wearing it. You can stop the teams from using it as an official logo, but you're not coming to my house and taking away the t-shirts I bought over the last 40 years of my life and the hats I have. So at the end of the day, I'm still going to be able to wear it, and I'm still going to feel all right about it. I get that there's a portion of people out there that feel like this is insensitive. I find it hypocritical that you only care when we're in the World Series. Nobody cares about the Blackhawks logo in Chicago until they're in the Stanley Cup Finals. You hear it about it opening day of the season, then it goes away forever, and then if you make the playoffs, now it's a problem. Is the difference between the Blackhawks, um, the Seminoles, the Redskins, the fact with their logo, and now we can get into the Redskins debate and whether that's an appropriate name, but is the fact that they have logos that aren't bright red, cheese and smiling, you know. I feel like you're raising an interesting point. But if we get rid of the Indians, we're going to shift right to there, and then we're going to be like, well, is this where we don't care about the Seminole because that's just an arrow on the helmet versus, well, now there's a guy in a headdress. We're going to move this discussion down the line every time. The fact that it's a caricature makes things different for me. I feel like they, because it's a caricature makes it less offensive. Like, dude, when I go to Cedar Point and the guy draws a caricature of me and my teeth are bigger than they are in my face, I don't get mad at the dude. It's a character that there alone sets to me like it it makes it less offensive for me. Everybody's got their own line. So uh, with other, you know, I mean, isn't blackface at that point a caricature? I do maintain that the blackface thing is different. I do. I maintain that that's different. I was raised with the Indians logo. I was raised with Chief Wahoo as a logo. I don't have any negative feeling towards the Native Americans at all. Not at all. At all. To be honest with you, outside of Chief Wahoo, I'm not sure I think about him one way or the other. Also, and I believe this to be true, I think this is Deadspin and Slate and BuzzFeed and all these leftist type blog type sites that need clicks and the word racist does that. And I feel like there's a race out there now to be the best white person there is. And that's what every millennial wants to be. I want to be the best white person. And I want everybody to know I'm the best white person. That's all this is. This this debate's been around before the internet. It's being heightened now through that. There's no denying it. And like I said, it's only a big deal when you're winning. If you lose 60 games in June, nobody cares. Nobody's looking to replace your logo then. It's only when you're good. It's only when you're good. Opening day, and then if you make the playoffs, now it's a story. 
Well, I mean, obviously a winning team is going to have more attention Nah, dude, it. that argument holds zero weight. I knew that's where this argument was going to go. Injustice is injustice all the goddamn time. Not in the World Series only. It's injustice all the time. You get no, That argument holds zero weight. That's what everybody was trying to say to me yesterday. And just earlier on this program, we said this statement, and it's totally true. Perception is reality. Well, the perception of Thanksgiving is, ask any American what Thanksgiving's really about. Oh, America kicked the crap out of the Indians. So if we can have a national holiday, and it may not be the real history of it, but that's the perception of it, and that's why America thinks they're celebrating that. So if you can do that, I don't think that, that the sports logos are the big problem. Do you think the perception of Thanksgiving more so is, at this point, is more, no. is more so football? And no. more so like, hey, we're going to eat turkey? No. It's what we do on Thanksgiving Day. It's part of that. But if you ask most Americans... Why do we celebrate Thanksgiving? It's because we kicked the crap out of the Indians. Now, that may not be historically correct. That may not be historically accurate. But that's what I meant. But the perception of the American public is that. So if that's the perception and we're allowed to do that, I think it's very hypocritical of you to take the day off of work and go celebrate that holiday like that because you don't know what the real history of Thanksgiving Day is either. Nobody does. It's, we kicked the crap out of the Indians. That's what everybody thinks it is. So if you're going to take the day off of work, best white person ever, then shut up about Chief Wahoo. Then shut up about it. Now, this this war's been fought and it's over. I'll tell you, how, you know how I know Chief Wahoo's going to go away? I'll tell you now. We're in the World Series, right? You find me one TV media person wearing Chief Wahoo while broadcasting part of that game. Not one of them has it. Nowhere. And that's because news directors behind closed doors are like, too controversial, get it off. Don't wear it. We're not going to be the TV crew that has it. That's how you know. War's already been fought. It's over. It's over. Now, I want you to understand that I still maintain that my argument to keep Chief Wahoo is not that great. It's simply that I don't hate it. I kind of like it, grew up with it, and I don't want it to change. I've said many, many times I'm going to stay at it again here. That's probably not a good enough reason for it not to go away. I get that that's totally selfish. But I think it's a little, and this is a little bit of, let me jump on this bandwagon right now, and there is a race to prove who's the best white person on the planet. All these millennials are all in this big competition with one another to be the, to be the most accepting white person there is. Pass the gravy. You lose me there. You do. You lose me there. It's a little hypocritical. Now, on the other side of that, I have lived in a part of this country that it was heavily populated with Native Americans. And I mean heavily populated to where they were not a minority. I would wear Indians gear and they would walk into the bar while I was serving the bar. And they, the number one thing is, oh, you're from Cleveland? And I would say, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, man. Like, this isn't really an issue where I'm from. Is, is this offensive? And not that you can take the 30 Native Americans I talk to about it and make a broad statement of it. Although we like to do that with the five Native Americans that stand outside of a progressive field, though. We like to say that, well, no, those five are speaking out, so it is worth it. Well, then my 30 on my other side should should cancel those out, right? Because you know what they all said to me is? I find it more offensive that people think I should just be offended because of what it is. I'm a Native American, but it all, my, uh, not all my issues come down to one thing, right? But, but when I say that, people go, well, you can't take 30 people and make it up to be like, well, that's the way to do it. Really? Because when there's five of them standing outside a progressive field, I'm told that that's what we should do. So which one is it? We, we can't take the small sample size of people, or we can. Which one is it? Decide, but pick. Now, 
saying all that, this is going away. Chief Wild is going to go away, and I know it. And that's fine. Fine. Do it. But what I want, America, is don't drag this out. Get all four major sports leagues together. Sit down and change them all now. Change them all now. Don't do the Indians this year and the Redskins five years from now and the Seminoles a decade from now. Let's do it now. One failed swoop. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll tell you what we'll do, America. We'll all give up Thanksgiving Thursday. We'll all go into work and we'll vote on what to do. You going to do that? Well, no, I want to go to my aunt's for pumpkin pie. Right. Is the fact, though, that, I mean, let's be real, most Americans not nearly as religious as they say they are, you in particular, and you still celebrate Christmas. I mean, you don't you don't believe in Jesus as the Savior, as the Lord, do you? Is Christmas a religious holiday? Yeah. And if, if you're going to say Thanksgiving, if you're going to say Thanksgiving is all I've about always, slaughtering Indians, I've always Christmas, been I've always been told that Christmas was modeled after a winter solstice event, and that it wasn't Jesus, right? That's what I'm always told every year. I think most people view it's the celebration of Jesus' birthday, right? I, I don't know, dude. If you get to say Thanksgiving is all about football, then I can look at Christmas and be like, dude, it's all about returning gifts you didn't want. I love this. Well, that's what I'm saying. I agree 100% there. That yes, I mean, it's it, those things, it isn't about Thanksgiving. It's not about pilgrims anymore. It's not about Jesus' birthday anymore. It's about it's about turkeys, and it's about taking presents back, and it's about well, gift cards. Isn't that wildly offensive? We're still celebrating what is essentially what most people consider to be genocide. We're celebrating that. Do you understand that? Think about how twisted that is. So are you going to continue to celebrate Thanksgiving? Yeah, absolutely I am. Because but I'm going to wear Chief Wahoo today, tomorrow, and every day after that. So you're okay celebrating genocide? I Again, man, I, I have said, look, I'm hypocritical on this issue. I'm not, see, again, you, you're you con- confusing me and what I'm trying to do. I'm not out here trying to prove that I'm the best white person alive. Because I know that I'm not. Because none of you are. You're all awful behind closed doors. We all are. I've been trying to tell you guys this for six months now. People are not inherently good. They're inherently bad. And if you don't realize that, you need to be woke, Twitter. You need to be woke. But this is going to go away. But what I want, America, is decide now. And we're doing them all in one fail swoop. Don't drag this out now. Don't drag it out. Let's get all these sports teams figured out. One fail swoop. We vote and we do it. And you know what my suggestion is? If you want it homogenized, you want it homogenized, you want it milk toast, then fine. No names, no logos. It's Cleveland versus Oakland. Why do we need logos? Why do we need team names? We always say Cleveland anyway. We always say Pittsburgh anyway. We say Cincinnati anyway. Why do we need team names? Why do we need logos? Right? I'm making sense, right? I know I am. Just get rid of it all, because honestly, what I care more about than having a Chief Wahoo ad is not hearing about this anymore. Fine, crybabies. Take it all. I don't care. And notice you're you're not hearing me talk about the pussification of America and the PC culture. No, because I understand that there's maybe an argument on the other side of this, that it's a little insensitive. But if you're going to try to make me think that Chief Wahoo is by any way, shape, or form holding down the Native Americans in this country, you're absurd. And you're looking to be patted on the back by people who you want to be accepted by. That's what you're looking to do. And I see through your BS.
I see all the way through you. You're a faker and a phony. But take it. Do what you want with it. Throw out Chief Wahoo. I know, it's the worst. And to be fair, the Block C isn't that bad. It's a decent logo. And it's perfectly American these days. Although that's red too, though. And the name's still the Indian. So what do we do there? If Chief Wahoo wasn't painted red, we would have been accused of whitewashing the history and the heritage. That's what would have been the accusation then. This is literally give an inch and we're going to take 2,000 miles. That's what this is. They just want to ruin it. And like I said, if you don't care in June, I don't know why you care in the World Series. But you keep sharing that post so the Native American you've never met thinks you're decent. Just my take. In this subject, like most, I'm right on. We'll pass Bush tickets out. We'll do so next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9 online for you at WRQK.com. If you have not seen the Arby's venison sandwich yet, head over there. Check that out. Some people think it looks disgusting. Other people think it looks delicious. I think it looks great. I mean, it looks good. Like, it looks like a juicy-ass piece of meat. I don't understand why people get so caught up on, like, oh, it's a deer, and I don't want to eat know what it was called. If you didn't know what animal that was, I handed it to you, you took a bite, you'd be like, this is amazing. Well, hopefully, taste-wise, but it looks good. It does. There's no denying that looks delicious. You'll eat, I mean, dude, you'll eat just about anything. You were saying the one time, dude, if you were in a culture that wouldn't, like, admonish you for it, you would probably try dog. Uh, dude, there's no question I would. Any meat, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm human and they're animals. And, like, as long as it wasn't your pet that I'm eating... Then then shut up about it. What, what difference does it make? A cow is just as important as a dog is, which is just as important as a fish is, which is, I mean, dude, they're all the same. They're all animals. Right, I'm, glad you, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, because we have... Uh, a- a weird eating animal story here uh, for you out of Oklahoma. Okay. We also have bush tickets just under 10 minutes away from those. Oh, by the way, I want to say hi to Kenneth, who hates us, uh, but apparently he works at a place where his boss is a Rock 106.9 listener, huge stands show listener, and won't let him change the radio. And Kenneth hates us and writes in every day and tells us how much he hates us. So, dude, I don't know. I guess be a fat, lazy American, get fired from your gig. We'll both be happier, Kenneth. You won't have to listen to me, and I'll know that your life is miserable. How about that? What's up, Ken? That's what he wanted. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you your two minutes of fame there, Kenneth. I'm just gonna write Z's on your Facebook wall because I'm smart. Bunch of idiots. Is he snoring? Is it like, oh, so yeah. show is so boring? It's right. While we were talking about the biggest topic going on in the area, being Chief Wahoo, but whatever. You can't please everybody, and I know that. I'm fine with it. Kid in Oklahoma is, uh, well, he's gonna be examined a little bit. Eight-year-old student. Brought a dead squirrel to class, thinking it could be cooked for dinner. What? His mom, Lade Hobson, spoke to Fox 25's news and said, explaining that her child's father will occasionally joke about making squirrel dumplings for dinner. She never thought he would actually try to make good on the offer. She posted a picture of the squirrel inside the boy's backpack that got more than 79,000 people shared this. Jesus. She said the boy must have picked up the dead squirrel on his way to school. She only found out when she got a phone call from the principal. Obviously, they were disturbed by this yeah his teacher found the squirrel and sent him to the office the principal however thought that this was hilarious you're eight 
I don't know because like I don't know if this is necessarily indicative of the kid being like mentally d- disturbed. No, or you're eight like years that. old and you just think you're you think everything your dad says is gospel. And let's be real, you've probably heard your dad and your you know your mom and your dad fighting. There's not enough money for food to put on this table. I can't do it. I can't support this family anymore. We're gonna be eating squirrel dumplings for the rest of the year. Right. Um. Now listen, dude, picking up a dead animal that you're just finding on the side of the ground is gross, dude. I just said that I'll eat any kind of animal there is, but I'm not starting to pick up, like, if there's a dead cat lying on the street, I'm just going to pick it up take a bite out of it. Remember, not that long ago, was it West Virginia? We did that story where there's, like, that roadkill cafe where if you bring in your own roadkill, they'll cook it for you. Oh, yeah. That is disgusting. That is gross, dude. You don't know how long the animal's been laying there. You don't know what killed that animal. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what squirrels carry and what they contain, but I'm sure I'm sure rabies probably aren't outside the boundaries of a squirrel, right? Warm blood mammal, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility, sure. I, I would have to imagine it's at least in the realm of possibility there. Yeah, and whatever killed it, it wasn't good. So like, you don't want to you don't want to pick up squirrel diseases. When no. I read the headline of this yesterday, they didn't give you the age of the student, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, if you're talking about a high school kid, I would be worried about being a little bit mentally unstable. But I never stopped to think about the fact that you're right. He's eight years old. You just heard his dad say something, thinks it's true. And, but why would you, oh, because you found it on the way to school, put it in the backpack, was going to save it all away for later at home. Doesn't necessarily understand that, hey, a, a dead body that's in my book bag is going to start smelling and decomposing and things like that. I guess. I mean, you're eight years old, so let's not act like the kid, the common sense should be on that kid's side. It's not. You're eight. No, you you're don't, eight you don't years have old. Right. Sense. He doesn't have, he probably doesn't have a full, no, not probably. He does not have a full understanding of sarcasm, which is what his dad's saying about, you know, squirrel dumplings. And I want to say that, like, at eight years old, and I'm kind of thinking of my nephew, he's seven or eight right now, okay. and I think that like he would stay away from a dead animal, but that's because he's not like in like a hunting family. If he's in, a, if his dad is one of those guys that's out there... Dre- Oklahoma's going to have different traditions. Dressing the deer right. and stuff like that. You're not going to be as creeped out by like a dead body or a dead animal his as His dad probably are. takes some rabbit hunting all the time right. or something like that. He's probably dealing with this right. all the time. Now, that's me being a, you know, that's me assuming a lot about Oklahoma, but, you know... Yeah, Seems like it. a pretty big, you know what I mean? We're in the assumptions business over here. Yeah, Jason Aldean still talks about Oklahoma all the time. Yeah, that's what he do. says. It's squirrel hunting and building fences on, you know, flyover states. <laughs> I know how the song goes. There's squirrels in there. But yeah, I wouldn't be so worried. I never stopped to think about that. But yeah, you're right. You're eight years old. There were things that my dad said as sarcasm when I was like a little kid, and I didn't realize right. until I got older. Oh, he was totally kidding about that. Right. So yeah, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't like send them to therapy or any of that kind of stuff. But like, I guess you got to be careful about what you're saying to your kid. Their uh, their brains are like sponges, man. They absorb it all. We do have bush tickets. Caller fifteen right now at one eight hundred two four three seven six two five. We'll send you to the Hard Rock Roxino on the first of January to check out Bush. And when we get back, Fantone, it's time once and for all to end to end this myth of laced Halloween candy. We're going to end this debate next on The Stansbury Show. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Gallagher coming to town November the 5th. He's playing the Palace Theater. We have tickets. We'll get you in. 9.30 this morning. Get your ponchos ready. Also at 9 o'clock. You will not believe what one of the most legendary frontmen of all time has said about the state of the music business. I couldn't believe this when I read it. While promoing this earlier in the morning, I said, I believe that there are multiple musicians out there who probably feel this way. I wouldn't have guessed this guy to be one of them. We'll get into that at 9 o'clock. Halloween right around the corner. And I've been hearing since I was a kid 
that you got to search every piece of candy that you get because there's going to be a razor blade in the Kit Kat or there's going to mm-hmm. be LSD in those Reese cups. Yeah, they're going to poison you. They're going to kill you. And every year the story comes out and says, this isn't really happening. This doesn't really happen. That this has been one of these things that we've just been passed around and that people believe it because we are fear-based animals. But according to HighTimes.com. Well, if there's a reputable source for information, it's HighTimes.com. HighTimes.com posted an article by a woman named Maureen Meehan. And she says that this theory that your children are going to get, like, drug-laced candy has been debunked over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it kind of has been. We talked about this last year around Halloween. We, we, we kind of know this. She goes so far as to say that the math actually suggests, Fantone, that you are more likely to catch Ebola than receive pot-laced Halloween candy. Oh, she's saying pot-laced candy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Again, high times. Okay. I remember making this argument last year, and I believe Fantone agreed with me, and it might have actually been vice versa. But... Dude, drug users don't want to just give away their drugs. No, 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 no. I want my drugs. <laughs> I, de- I gotta have them all. A decent quarter of weed costs anywhere between 80 and 100 bucks. In order to cook marijuana down, you need a decent amount to do that to get it, to make it for the edibles. I don't think a guy's going to waste that, or a woman is going to waste that, on making some kid get dizzy who he's not even going to see the effects of it. Let's be real. It's not like the kid eats the candy on your stoop and you get to laugh at it. Yeah, and let's not act like just because you smoke pot, you're going to find giving a kid drugs funny. Like, I mean... Again, you have two guys in this room right now that would not think giving drugs to kids would be funny. It's terrible, actually. It's terrible. I mean, that's a, it's an absolutely awful thing to think of. And even if you're not making brownies or cookies or candies or whatever, if you're buying them, if you're buying those like weed gummies or whatever, they'll still cost money. You're not just going to start handing your drugs out the door. I've never known a drug user to do that. I've never. I'm, I'm trying to think about it. And nope, never happened for me. They go so far as to say here from the WashingtonPost.com that the number of trick-or-treaters receiving marijuana, marijuana-laced candy is zero. Now, in order for that to be 100% accurate, every piece of candy given out would have to be eaten, which, of course, that probably doesn't happen. Of course not. Okay? But if this was happening on any regularity, it wouldn't show up as zero. It would be, like, two out of, like, you know, 150,000 or whatever. There would be at least reported cases of this actually happening. Now, I believe that this all started from a good place. See, when I was growing up, it was razor blades is what you were worried about. It wasn't drugs. It was like you were worried you were going to get razor blades in your, in your food, right? In your candy. And I believe that this started from a, from a decent place of parents wanting to teach their kids another step of being cautious of strangers and not just accepting of all things and to be careful and look through things. I don't think more safety is a bad way to raise your kid. Uh, yes, as a parent, should you look through your kid's candy pile? I would. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like out of line. I mean, it's 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 going to be a waste of time. But I think more so for that is like, I don't know. Like, if I don't want, I don't want like any of that candy to have opened, and for my kid to eat that. I mean, that's like that's that's more about germs though than it is about like about eating a razor blade or a syringe or something like that. I mean. 
you've got you've got people who are taking a handful of candy, throwing it into you, throwing it in, and if one of those Snickers bars like gets open while you're yeah, I wouldn't want my kid eating case, and you know it's but that's. I, I, dude, anything your kid eats, you should probably at least take a look at. You just hand your kid the cheeseburger from McDonald's and there's plastic in it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't believe it. Well, you know. Yeah, anything you're giving to your little human, you should probably take a look at. Here's the other thing. This all started, this whole lie of pot lace candy and razor blades and candy, is because you didn't want to give your kids the candy in their bedroom overnight because you wanted to sit at the kitchen table and eat half their candy. Right? And that what you wanted to do? Wanted to steal your kids' candy bars? And that's how this started. Just go buy your kids candy. Just go buy them. Go go trick or treating in the uh, in the Walmart candy aisle. Rock 1069 staffer Jimmy McCris said, "I just bought replacement razors. It's cheaper to put weed in candy." <laughs> oh, Jimmy, that's funny stuff, man. Thank you for that. All right, a rock legend has come out and has said something about the state of the music business. I never thought I would hear him say ever. We'll tell you who. And what it is he had to say next on the Stansberry Show. From his coffin, 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069, online at WRQK.com. We have a pair of Gallagher tickets. He's playing the Canton Palace Theater on the 5th of November. We'll get you into that show around 9.30. I wonder if Gallagher has any new material, if he's been like working on new stuff, or he's just touring the hits, or what he's doing. I would have to think he's going to get into the election, right? No, he's just going to smash pumpkins, dude. No, he's going to have a watermelon. He's going to smash it. He's going to put some grapes up on it. He's going to smash those. And then there's going to be some other sort of produce. He's going to smash it with a hammer. I remember when I was growing up as a kid, uh, like my parents didn't have HBO, but they would do like like free HBO weekends, right? Right. And like Gallagher was like on like a free HBO weekend or whatever, and like he was like smashing watermelons all over the stage. And my I remember my dad just looking at my mom and go, "That's a career, Sue. That right there, that's a career, a career that has lasted like four decades." There's a Gallagher like I think his brother tries to do it like, like there's been like a split there, right? Like his brother's out there trying to be Gallagher now too. He's Gallagher too. It's very Frank Stallone, um, yes. Sly Stallone, yes, very much so. Yes, my brother's famous, and I'm pissed at him for it. Will it happen to the Fantone brothers? Interesting to see there. I don't know which one of us is going to be famous, but I know which one's more successful, and it ain't me. So. <laughs> I was going to say, he could afford to go to Disney. Yeah, he can afford to buy things and have have a family and have a house and have a life. Me, I'm just like, yeah, we got cats and an apartment. Can't afford a pen to write the word Disney. No. <laughs> no. That's terrible. That's terrible. Normally when you get older, you turn into the, get off my lawn. All the time, dude. Right? All the time. And people just want to think back about when they were a kid and music was better when we were younger. And all this stuff today is just noise and it's all crap, but the music I grew up with was the best. Yes, and I mean it goes That's beyond common. It goes beyond music, but music in particular people feel this way. And I always say it's probably from the ages of about 14 to 22 where you think for some reason when you were 14 to 22, that was the greatest music ever made. That there was no better music and and I understand because the soundtrack of your life. Well, you're in those very formative, you know, years. It's going from your first kiss to your first, you know, time at the bar and you're like, "Okay, this is this is the music of my life." A rule of thumb here. Actually, this has been said to me in my programmer's office. Well, yeah, we'll play Boston because somebody got an HJ to that in high school. Like, that was actually an analogy he used. And he goes, and that will make them love it forever. 
Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I guess I don't remember the first song I got in HJ two, but I, I guess you know maybe it was Boston. Here's what I'll tell you: know. even in the middle of those in seventh grade, I would have got up to turn Boston off. I'll t- <laughs> tell you that. I I, I would have done that. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is I have here a frontman who was on with our night guy Nikki Six. If you don't know, Nikki Six does the Six Sense here every night, seven to midnight here. And Roger Daltrey of the Who. Had some interesting things to say about today's music. And it's completely the opposite of what I thought he would have said. I don't pay attention to a lot of what Roger Daltrey has said over the last 25 years, so maybe he's been out here this whole time saying this, but I, I never expected to hear this. You ready for this? Okay. Roger Daltrey, frontman of The Who, says that rappers have more relevance in today's music scene than rock bands do. Now, I feel like that's the feeling that a lot of people have, but I didn't expect a rock frontman from the 60s to say that. Um, right? It, it, right. No, I wouldn't have expected that either, especially with rap kind of in the... Uh, in, in the in the in the downturn a little bit, right? We're kind of in a weird place. I know it's still like the hottest format out there, but it's not as good as it... You know what I mean? It's a lot... Is it really the hottest format out there? I mean, I would definitely say country music is more popular in the general public. Now, don't get me wrong. That's music for... for, for, for 38-year-old women, yeah. so... But country... More palatable. Country is yeah. more popular right now. I'd argue pop music is more popular right really? now. Really? Yeah, dude. I, I totally think that Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, chicks like that are far bigger than ASAP Ferg. You know what I mean? Who are the biggest rappers on the planet right now? Drake. Drake, Kanye, and Drake's arguably a pop artist. I mean, you can... Uh, with his songs, well, is that a rap Okay, song but on the other side of that, song? a lot of the, the, these pop artists use rappers to sing hooks. and to You know what I mean? To do verses and stuff. Still, Cal, that's, that's Katy Perry songs are still pop, pop record yeah you can have juicy day on there you can have snoop dogg on there but that's still a pop record the who frontman roger daltrey says rock music has reached a dead end and reckons that his band the who has been stuck in a cycle and they've been playing the same material for the last 40 years well, of course the Who has. You can't you can't put the Who right, and, next and to Memphis Make Fire. Right. Those are two far different things right. there. Daltrey tells uh, a newspaper, this saddens me that rock has reached a dead end. The only people saying things that matter are the rappers. Most pop is meaningless and forgettable. You could argue all pop is meaningless and forgettable. That's why, that's why it's pop. He says here, you can watch these people and you can't remember a bloody thing. I never thought Roger Daltrey would have been out there supporting rappers. I would have just thought an old man would have been like, I don't get it. I don't understand. What is twerking? What is I don't understand. Why is it? There's a house. Why are you? Why are you putting traps outside of your own house? Why is that happening? Right? Like, I just didn't expect him to know what trap house meant. But I'll be honest with you. What he's saying is true. I mean, is he talking from like a cultural perspective where like rock stars are just going up on stage and playing crappy rock songs and rappers are talking about issues? Because it doesn't to me sound like he's saying rap music is better. He's just saying it's more relevant. And I feel like there's a little distinction there between the two. Again, Twitter's telling me my kids are 14 or uh, I'm an 18 year old and 16 year old. 14 to 22 was the 80s and early 90s for me. That music was great. My kids loving it proves it. No, what I would say is all kids uh. listen. All kids listen down. Every little kid, every this is definitely true for boys. I, I don't know about women overall, but boys definitely go back and listen to classic rock that, that their older brothers or their dad grew up with. You're going back to listen to that. I, I don't necessarily believe that that means that it's ultimately better than what's being put out now. Couple of things going on there. Number one, of course. Of course, 
as a younger person, you're always going to go back and listen. That's true. That's, you know, boys, girls, everybody, because that music's available to you. Number two, you don't have to listen to the crappy pop records of the 1980s when you go back and listen to those songs again, because we can filter that crap out. You know what I'm saying? You're getting the best of what that decade had to offer, and you're being a slave to the moment, not remembering that the radio was stuffed full of songs that were crap. Right, and that goes back every decade, That's a great point. That goes back every decade. That's That's a great that's, that's, we all look back with these rose-colored glasses of like, well, I can show my kids the best of the best 90s music. Well, of course they're going to like the best of the best 90s music. They don't have to listen to Ace of Bass. They can just listen to Alice in Chains. For me, the best music that's ever been made was Motown. That For and, me, that's that's the best musical format ever is Motown music. And there's still plenty of Motown that wasn't any good. And if you don't think that you saying, hey, son, come over here and listen to this Alice in Chains record with me. It's the best music ever. If you don't think that's skewing his perspective. Dude, and when I see an eight-year-old wearing a Beatles t-shirt, you pompous a-hole parents like oh you're forcing this down their throat you think the eight-year-old just like no dude i really like the beatles it's no you're trying to make your dad like you yeah this is what we you know come on earlier today we we were talking about football and little kids playing football and i said to fantone during the break i was like dude a lot of these little kids playing football don't even want to do it they just don't want to disappoint their dad dad like me dad like me dad like me dad i know you're working and i know you're tired and i know you're pissed off at mom but dad like me like me like me i like allison chains dad Come on, you never dude. stop reaching for your father's approval. My dad's been dead 15 years. I'll never stop trying to <laughs> trying to obtain his approval ever. And I had it. He he died, and I knew for sure he was proud. My dad did a fantastic job telling me that, but I still chased it every single day. So, Fantone, you're right about that. Like, okay, like there are bands that I okay. I'll give you a perfect example. I love Bob Seger because my dad loved it. He played that in the house constantly. Zeppelin, another big band my dad loved, so then I loved it. Now, this is all after I was allowed to start listening to rock music, and I found out my dad was the ultimate hypocrite, telling me, oh, no, you can't listen to that stuff. And then I found out, oh, you have a great love of this, too. You were just trying to protect your congregation, so I had to live like a weirdo. And at the end of the day, as we sit here right now, we have more access to more music than at any other point in history. I can listen to any song I want to. Go find what you like, dude. If you can't find new music that you like, that's on you. That's not music's fault, dude. There's new music coming out every day. You have not listened to everything out of the past, you know, your past lifetime. If you're, oh, dude, music's just not good anymore. No, you're just bad at listening to music now. I'll be honest with you. As a guy who's in the know, I still find it hard to go out and search for things that I may have not heard of yet that I might like. It, it, finding that avenue is tougher. Well, yes. The and, older you get. And, well, unless you practice it. I mean, when, dude, when I was in my early 20s, dude, and this was before, like, you know, the internet was, like, really on and popping. I mean, I had a million bands, a million rappers right. I loved, and all this different stuff. And, of course, as I've gotten a little older and I've gotten further and further away from those years of 14 to 22, I'm like, eh, whatever, dude. Eh, whatever. Yeah, I'll listen to System of Down again. Sure, I've been listening to the Toxicity for the past 20 years, but I like that song. Oh yeah. my god, dude, how good was Ariel's? Dude, dude, yeah, I'll throw on Sponge, because of course, I like that stuff, and it's not as important to me to go find new stuff to define my style, but if you feel like, oh, dude, the music today just sucks, no, you're just bad at listening to music. There's now. always been good and bad stuff out there, there's for sure. Dwayne says, no Boston for you, but you're out here going to bat for Journey? Yeah, Dwayne, and what I'll tell you, the rest of the country agrees with me, too. Check out album sales to album sales versus Boston versus Journey. It's, it's all, not even close. It's all opinion-based, dude. Right. I, I, dude, I hate Journey, and I... Dude, come on. Come on. The, the opinion of the country is Journey was a better band. <coughs> look at ticket sales, look at album sales. 
Look at success overall. The country agrees with me. Journey, a better band than Boston. Now, I don't think that Rock 106.9 should play Journey. I will say that. I think we're getting into a dangerous territory if we start doing that. But hearing a little who in the background of my headphones, I got to be honest with you. Given some of the stuff we do play, where the hell is Bob O'Reilly on this radio station? Where's that? Uh, you know what? What am I doing? I don't care. Yeah, what are we going to go die on the who hill right now? <laughs> right, dude? exactly. Oh. Uh, dude, we need Alice and Chains. Come on. Before we need the who. The other day we talked about an app where I pooped, and it helps you keep track of all the public restrooms that you used and that were clean enough for you. And we're going to examine this a little further because it turns out you need to stop lining that toilet seat. We'll tell you why next on the Stainsbury Show. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. You're under 10 minutes away from getting hooked up with Gallagher tickets. November 5th, Canton Palace Theater. 1-800-243-7625. That's the number you need for those. Earlier this week, we had discussed a new app on the App Store, also available for Android. This is where I pooped, letting you keep track of all the public restrooms that you use that you view to be clean. And then you were able to give like Yelp updates on on these things, and then people will know, oh, that's a good public restroom. And then your friends can do that, and you can kind of keep track, they say, of where your friends are going to the bathroom. Now, that I don't care about, but I have to admit, if they're, you know what I mean, using an app. If like, if I was like, like, say you were in a town you didn't know, you're on vacation, New York City, and you're like, oh my god, this is happening. Knowing where there's a clean restroom to relieve yourself in is a good idea. I'm down. But here again, we have another public restroom story here. And they say most of us have a lot of anxiety over taking a dump in a public place. I am totally one of those. I like being at my house or like here at the office. Very few people work here. I'm here a lot. I feel comfortable here. But outside of that, I'm not really like if I'm in a restaurant, I will really go to great lengths not to have to do that. I, I'm going to poop wherever I have to poop, but I'm not like planning it out. Like, you know what, dude? I could crap right now, but I'm going to save it till I go to Walmart. I mean, obviously, home's the best place to have it happen, but if nature calls, nature calls for me. But there's these things in bathrooms now and have been forever where these toilet seat liners. And they lull you into a false sense of security, thinking, well, at least I'm sitting on clean paper instead of this toilet seat. Right. Well, according to The Sun, they're reporting that that is not true. Experts have revealed it is not any healthier to line the toilet seat with a barrier of toilet paper. And here's why. Toilet seats made from materials that prevent bacteria from spreading in the first place. So where all the germs in the bathroom... If they aren't on the seat, they're on the toilet paper. No one is touching the toilet seat with their bare hands, but almost everyone is touching the toilet paper. Plus, every time the toilet gets flushed, we know this works. That's why people will tell you to keep your toothbrushes and stuff in your medicine cabinet because you flush the toilet and germs fly about eight feet out of a toilet. So that thing where you're pulling the toilet seat liner is being covered in germs every time the toilet gets flushed. 
And so is the toilet paper. So why don't they make those antibacterial? You know what I mean? Like, well, if we know this, like, like scientists, why don't you? Why don't you make some antibacterial toilet paper? paper or something? Yeah. I never thought about that. Lots of those germs they say end up on the absorbent toilet paper roll. So when you place it on the seat, you're sitting down right on top of them. I would also argue you do touch the bare toilet seat with your hands. That's how you lift it up and down. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if it's so much like a, hey, it's going to be less germy, but I think it's more of a mental thing of like, well, my skin isn't touching that plastic, isn't touching that toilet seat. And let's be real, dude. I mean, there's been some like funky toilet seats in there. You got pee all over it. People have been taking such massive dumps that there's crap on it. And you can say, oh, well, it's antibacterial and it's not going to have any bacteria on it. But if there's poop stains on it, I'm going to be a little concerned about that. I, uh, I will admit that I'm not comfortable with the toilet seat liner. I don't like it. It feels uncomfortable to me. It feels unnatural. Um, I don't like the noise that you make any kind of shift in the cheek movement. It's, uh, I don't like the ruffling. It sounds like kids tearing apart into Christmas presents and, and, and I don't like it, but there's nothing worse than hitting a public restroom Pulling your pants down, sitting down on a warm toilet seat. There's nothing worse than that because it's like, oh, no. Because it does kind of feel like you're French kissing the butt cheeks of somebody you've never met. It does. It feels that way. You know, I don't know what the math is about like how dirty it is, but it, it definitely feels skanky for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, let's remember that we're talking about like essentially the back of your thighs, your butt, and it's not like we're talking about your lips and your tongue here. We're talking about uh, the back of your thighs and your butt. Even even if you're talking about your b-hole, it's that's that's not like that's used to really dirty things coming out of that. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not your mouth. It's not it's not like your eyes where you're going to get an infection or something like that. Your beehole is kind of designed for being in, in gross germy situations. That's what it is. Right. Your beehole is a gross germy situation. Right. So it's it, it's used to it's used to that bacteria. It's used to being in that situation. Then you got that whole middle section of the toilet seat liner too, and you got to punch through it with your hands, and it's like sometimes you end up getting your fingers in the wall. It's not good. Well, even if you're making an ass casket out of toilet paper, if they don't have the, I'm the, sorry, what? What an, was that? An ass casket. If, 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 even if you're making patent that, pending on that one, patent <laughs> pending with the toilet paper. I mean, you are you're putting your hands down there by like where the toilet is and and where people have been urinating and crapping all day, so it might be germier. But I understand why some people just want to feel safer. The illusion of safety is worth something. It's like Fight Club, dude. You're breathing that oxygen in just to make yourself happier. Oh, with the plane going down. Yeah, Yeah, you're all going down in the ship anyway. Dude, I got to tell you, I don't like going to the bathroom in public. It's been a a source of anxiety for me and pressure for me since a very little child. I was never, I I didn't like going in school. I was not a fan of it. Dude, I can remember in school, like me and my buddies would be like, hey, group poop, seventh period, you better be there, man. Group poop, we're all lining up in the, in the, in the third hallway. And dude, yeah, I, I mean, I can totally remember doing that. I like you less right now. <laughs> <laughs> what? Group poop? Group poop, come on. Take dude, t- t- tell Miss Emmerich you got other places to be. Isn't that, that's like one of the grossest things I've ever heard. You want, you want to be able to, I would imagine you were getting wafts of... It's, the the next horse stalls brand, right? Like, that couldn't have been good. I will do it. I don't think it was good at all, but this was before cell phones. It's not like I could sit there and swipe left or right on Tinder. It was just like, dude, I got to, you know, we're all going. We're all group pooping. You know, that was, that was hashtag squad goals back in the day. I got to be honest with you. Like, one of the most embarrassing things you'll have happen in life is if you're it, like, okay, like our bathroom here, the men's restroom here, there's one stall and like one urinal in it, right? Like, 
so if you're in the stall and you're you're handling your business and somebody comes in to like use the urinal and you hear them go and try to like readjust their nose, they're basically saying whoever is in there is one of the grossest people on the face of the planet. There's nothing worse than that. Than when you walk into a restroom and you just hit the wall of 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 stench of of somebody else. That's so gross. It makes me want to gag even thinking about it. I'm sorry, ass casket, was it? Yeah, ass casket, man. You make that with toilet paper, you feel like, ah, dude, I'll be fine. My butt cheeks are just touching toilet paper. It's used to that. I, uh, well, I had never known about that. That's, uh, you learn something new every day, America. That was a new one. I've never heard that. I have a lot of anxiety over the bathroom in public. Like, I'll plan it. Like, I'll sit there and think, like, last night, right? Had the date, was going to the movies. And I was like, okay, well. Let's make sure this doesn't have to happen in the middle of this movie because you're not going to feel comfortable going in a movie theater. For sure I'm not. Nor do you want to be like in the bathroom for that long period of time because now you're kind of telling the person you're on this date with what was just happening in there and then they're going to feel differently about you. Probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot, a lot, a lot goes into that. A lot goes into the, to, to my planning of my day around said bowel movement there. But turns out we're all wasting our time using ass caskets there that's a that's a fantone original uh patent pending like i said on that one we do have gallagher tickets caller 20 right now 1-800-243-7625 we'll send you to the canton palace theater on november the 5th to check him out and we will close out the program for the day next on rock 106.9 rock 106.9 welcome back to the sansbury show rock 106.9 nearing the end of the program for the day we're online at wrqk.com i uh I'm hearing now again from some other people via Twitter that our podcasting issues are back. I apologize. I am really trying to get to the bottom of this. I'm kind of at my wits end with it. Um, It's like they'll fix one problem with it, and then that creates another problem. I'll put it in like a mechanics world. Like if you have a leak in your coolant system... Like once and sometimes you'll replace that one hose and you realize, oh, well, now it's going to spring a leak over there. That's kind of how that works. It's like we're having those kind of problems with this where you fix a problem and then it creates four more problems. And uh, we're a test market for this. I Patience is not my strong suit. No, it is it's, not. It's not my strong suit, but I'm choosing to try to take that approach. Um. And it, it's kind of out of my control, and I'm just kind of just gonna wait and just let the powers that be that people are trying to get their hands on. I'm gonna go knock on some doors as soon as we're done here and see if I can't get that fixed. But the podcast is normally found for you at wrqk.com. I'll just make this point clear because I don't know if you know if this is your spot to do it, but I will say this is Stansbury's done everything that he possibly can, and there's I've a tried, point. Man. And I, I, dude, I know you've been frustrated about this because let's be real, the fact that somebody's going to take the time out of their day to find our program and to listen to our program outside of well, I'm in the car and hey, dude, whatever, it's on. It, it does. It sucks. You know I what know- this reminds me of of what I said about downtown Canton businesses, where it's like you can't be. Open on Monday, closed on Wednesday at two thirty, and then be back Thursday at three thirty. Like if somebody from Jackson comes down, pulls on your door once, and you're not open, guess what? They're not coming back. Right. And this is a very similar thing. Right. This is dangerous. This is going to negatively affect me and us 
and the the ratings of the program and and the website numbers and everything else. And normally this kind of stuff makes me go absolutely ballistic crazy, but I can't. But he's teetering on it because it can't because it's not going to help anything. And then I'm going to be in trouble for me yelling about it versus anybody else being in trouble for the fact that we let this go on with only one system to be able to post this versus two. And at this point, I mean, it's not like this is a new problem. Right. Essentially, what was, what was what was going to be a one of our biggest podcasts of the year? Um, it, the only reason I did that. It, 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 it got it got effed up pretty hard there, and it is a frustrating situation. Yeah. Um, I, okay. I, I know the audience is pissed. I know you're pissed, and, and uh, sorry, guys. What do I want to say here? The the prayer about serenity and granting you things, and and there's things you can't control. And dude, and you're some, screwing it up. Austin three sixteen just oh, said I just kicked that, your ass. That's the prayer we were talking about. There you go. Which, by the way, buddy, I haven't talked to you about this, okay. and I can't believe it because it mixed two of your favorite things. So okay. you know what? Let's just get into it now get it in there. and see how you feel about it. Undertaker at the queue. Cavs opening night. Phenomenal, dude. How much greater could that have been for the that tall guy? That was a cool guy? moment, right? Yeah, I, I, The Undertaker uh, wasn't necessarily a Cavaliers fan, but throughout the NBA Finals, the Cavs were rocking WWE shirts on a regular basis. And from what I saw, it was one of those like... A legend respecting a legend in LeBron James. So the Undertaker, without any, uh, without any like payment, LeBron didn't request him to come or anything like that. And the Undertaker was like, "Dude, I just got to show up as one of the greatest of all time." Tipping the hat to one of the other greatest of all he time. He said it was just mutual respect of greatness. Yeah, yeah I, I thought that was awesome. Did you see before the game the other night that LeBron James had mimicked? The little dance that Steph Curry does. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, let me tell you, LeBron James is tired of hearing about Steph Curry. He's tired of hearing about it. He's tired of hearing about how the Golden State Warriors are like the best team and they're a super team and they're all put together. I think you are going to see huge things out of both LeBron and the Cavaliers all year. LeBron is going to have these guys playing motivated, playing with a chip on their shoulder, and he's going to he's going to be preaching don't be complacent because we won the title last year. It, because people are going you know, because now this year the narrative will be well you couldn't beat him with Durant. That will be the narrative, and he doesn't want to hear that. Well, I'm, you were going to see LeBron play lights out all year. When you consider that the guy has performed in the last six NBA Finals, and and you know obviously complacency isn't an issue for him, not for and, him. Well, right. and, and 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 you know from the top kind of comes direction, and he, I don't know Phil if if any any of those guys on the Cavs is going to be allowed to be complacent. We talked about this story a couple weeks ago where LeBron is cracking skulls because dudes are leaving the locker room too dirty. So when you're when you're on that level of hey. We're paying attention to to detail. I have a higher standard of my teammates. I have a higher standard of what I expect out of you guys. Right. It's very very easy to assume that that will continue on with with what happens out on the on the court. Um, the Cavaliers are a D team. I know a lot of these guys. It's like, well, dude, eh, well, you know, Delvadova's gone. Don't worry, guys. Cavs are going to be fine. Uh, you've got you've got the best basketball player on the planet surrounded by some of the other greatest basketball players on the planet. Cavs are going to be all right. I think they're going to be just fine. You know, we got to talk about a little bit. What? Can't charge, baby. Can't oh, charge. Oh, that's right. Can't charge. Right around the corner, November, right? Yeah, November 12th is their first game. I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to come out and say it anyway. Uh, later this afternoon, I have an audition with the Canton Charge. Is that right? I do. I do. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go try out to be their new in-game host. Is that right? Yeah, it, dude. It was one of those things. I'm like, well, there's going to be school nights. I have to go to it, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to want to do it. But at the end of the day, if I have an opportunity to be working for the Cavaliers organization and the, the ability to be in the Civic Center, getting people pumped up, would was, you get a ring? I was like, I don't know. Does the in-game announcer for the Charge get a ring? I do not know. I hope so. 
I hope so. I hope we get to meet LeBron. I hope you get to go smoke blunts with LeBron. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I was talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, dude, what if I meet LeBron? And she's like, yeah, just go try out and go do it. And You've listen, never met LeBron? No, and it's a tryout tonight. It's not anything that like is like, oh, dude, guaranteed Fantone's going to be the new uh, in, 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 in host and, or in arena announcer, but going to give it a shot tonight. Well, so. given who's done it before, I think you got a pretty good yeah, shot we'll at it. we'll see. We'll see. I've we'll actually see. met LeBron James. We'll see. I remember when his rookie year, I was, uh, I was doing afternoons. And our AM station was carrying them. And he was walking down the hallway, and I just happened to be in the hallway or whatever. And I stopped him for sure because I was like, this is the only time this is ever going to happen. Shook his hand. That dude is mammoth, LeBron James. I mean, he, dude, he's freakishly large. It was almost scary. It was almost, well, I was, I was, I was intimidated. You know, it was very intimidated by the size of that dude. He's huge. But I think he's just taking little shots here at the yeah. Warriors here and there. It's, he's keeping it very top of mind. And do the last thing the rest of the NBA wants is a strongly motivated, out to prove a point, LeBron James. I, I just think, dude, we are going to dominate this year in the NBA. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We will uh, be back live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. It feels weird to have no baseball tonight. But we will be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106. Now, you guys have a great afternoon. See ya.